You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Hi, I'm Joe from the Editing Bay. I work this ridiculous work schedule. It gets me out in the early afternoon, so I get bored. Jeff, from my comic life in 8-Bit, has a similar schedule. So once a week, I'll run by, wake up Jeff, and force him to see movies with me, and then we come back and talk about it. Welcome to our Afternoon Delight. Skyrockets in flight. Afternoon delight. You guys have it, I think. Afternoon delight. Jeff, you ever see the movie A Few Good Men? Oh, it's it's been a while. Like, yes, I've seen it, but like, you know, if you don't reference like one of if you if you don't reference like one of the famous scenes, Uh I probably won't get it. Like, it's been that long since I've seen it. Okay, Jeff, you ever see A Time to Kill? No. Okay, Jeff, you ever seen To Kill a Mockingbird? Yes. Yes? Do you remember much about it? No. Okay. I, I, rem- I think I remember more of the book. Jeff, you ever see My Cousin Vinny? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll go with this. Uh, so, you know how, like, the, the court case and stuff and My Cousin Vinny, like, you started to kind of become invested in what was going on. Like, yeah. even though it was a comedy, you kind of got invested in the court uh, sequences because they were they were done in a compelling way. Right. I wish the same could be said for me when it came to The Woman in Gold. Huh. Uh, I I see what you're saying with the court cases, but I feel like that wasn't the main aspect of this film. I and and see that's where the problem kind of lies is I don't think the main focus of the film was clearly defined. Uh, this really? is this is afternoon delight on the Next Wave Radio Network. This is where Jeff and I go see a first run film and then come back and give our immediate impressions on it. And we are talking today about The Woman in Gold, starring Ryan Reynolds and Helen Mirren. And boy, are I feel like we are definitely sitting polar opposite when it comes to this movie. Yeah. Um, so this movie's about a uh, a woman named Maria Altman who uh, is a, a refugee from uh, from uh, Vienna uh, from World War II when the Nazis began to occupy. She and her husband Fritz were able to escape, but they had to leave their family behind. Um, and in the course of uh, of the Nazis kind of taking over, they were a very affluent family. And they had like these wonderful paintings done by an artist named Klimt. Klimt, I believe that's how you pronounce uh-huh. it. And this is all based on a true story. Like mm-hmm. this, this, this was. And I had no idea. I thought this was a work of fiction, but it's it's absolutely based on a true story. Um, and so this is all about her uh, and and her fight for restitution, art restitution, uh, after they had started. You know, like the the Germany and Vienna uh, or Switzerland. They were uh, they're they're like okay we are making restitutions now for the stuff that we stole from you know refugees, and so she wanted to pursue it and she uh, a family friend had uh, ha- had a lawyer in the family played by Ryan Reynolds and I can't remember his character's name. Uh, uh, uh give me one quick. Second. It was Randy something. Yeah, is uh, is it was Ronald uh, Schoenberg. Ronald Schoenberg. Schoenberg. Okay, so uh, so she ends up getting him to help her out. And it's a cause that he doesn't quite believe in until he actually goes to Vienna and, you know, feels that because he he has roots in Vienna as well. Right. And he he suddenly gets like he feels that weight of what happened to his family. Right. Is because, you know, his his grandfather was a composer in Vienna. Yeah. And so he he was born in, in California and was born in America. And he took on the case because. He was a, kind of a struggling lawyer, and it was like you said, a family friend. And and when he was approached to about getting this painting back, he once he found out how much it was worth, he was like, "Okay, I'm going to take up your cause." Because he found out 
this one painting, uh, the, which is named The Woman in Gold, uh-huh. was worth over $100 million. And so not only was it just this one painting, is there were a couple other paintings that her family had uh, had taken by the Nazis that they were also getting back. So he was motivated by money. And then, yes, when they go to Vienna, uh, they go and on the on their way home to the airport, uh, they say, you know, they stop by the Holocaust Memorial in Vienna. And that's when he has this connection because he sees his family name up uh, up at this memorial. And now it's become personal. And, you know, and he has this breakthrough moment where it's, you know, now it's not about the money. Yeah. Now it is about, you know, uh, heritage and and family. And doing just doing the right thing. Exactly. Uh Exactly. Uh, So while we're telling the story of uh, of. Uh, what's her name? Marion, mm-hmm. uh, Maria, 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 and Ronald struggle to you know to to fight basically the 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 Vienna, Viennese Viennese government, Austrian, <laughs> the Austrian government, yeah, whatever. Uh, all right, so uh, fighting the Austrian government to get these paintings back, we're also getting the other side of the story where we're seeing through the use of flashback. Uh, Mar- um, God damn it! What's her name? Maria. Maria. Yeah, you I, had I it keep right. wanting to say Marion. Uh, we keep seeing Maria's uh, life as as a young girl in mm-hmm. Vienna with her family and her wedding and, and and all these things. We get to like these her relationship with her aunt, mm-hmm. which the woman in gold painting is her aunt, right? Uh, and we we get to see all these things and we get to see their struggle to try to get out of the country, which to me was the most compelling part of this movie was the escape. Her and her husband Fritz escaping the Nazis to get out of the country. I found that to be the most compelling. It was uh, the most dynamic uh, bit of the film. I Every time they went to a flashback, I was drawn in. I loved it. Yeah, I did too. I really loved it. I felt like the movie was, it, it suffered from an imbalance. I felt like the modern stuff just wasn't as balanced. I didn't care as much about the modern stuff as I did about the past. And the use of like, well, it's the past that's supposed to make you care about the, what's going on in the modern day. It didn't. It really didn't. And the, I thought Helen Mirren was great. She's always good. I even thought Ryan Reynolds was good. I think this dude gets a bad rap from people. Like, he's no good. I can't stand him. He's just a shitty actor. I kind of like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And yeah. he's got a likable quality in this movie. Right. Is is The, the problem with Ryan Reynolds is... He doesn't take drama roles too often, so when he gets these roles, as people have a hard time believing, believing him because they still see Van Wilder. And I even made the comment before we before the movie started. I was like, "We're seeing a Ryan Reynolds film, and he's not in college, and he's and he's, and not, he's not Deadpool." Deadpool. <laughs> I was like, "I'm I'm skeptical about this," but I was really turned around by this film. Uh-huh. You know, is I believe he was also in uh, the. Um, Oh, the Kevin Costner film, uh, uh, Mr. Book, Brooks. Uh-huh. I can't remember if that was Ryan Reynolds or uh, or Dane Cook. Or Dane Cook. I really. Can't. Oh God. Well, Ryan Reynolds. But he did, was. Gr- if it was him, it, but I, it was he was great in that. He did a film uh, that I saw a few years back when I was writing for the other website called Buried, and it's just him. He's buried in in like underground, and he's left with a cell phone. And he's supposed to try to like, like he's trying to get people to find him or whatever, and it's just him for two hours, just him, and his performance is amazing. Really, like, and it, it is definitely dramatic. 
and uh, and you really feel for this character. He develops this character over time. You care about him. The movie frustrated me because it felt like torture porn. That like you're just watching the worst things happen to this poor character, and you feel like, wow, the writer must have really hated this character because he just like puts him through everything, like the worst possible scenarios. And I feel like you don't really learn anything from it. But Ryan Reynolds turned in a fantastic performance. Quick side note, I sure. was wrong. That was Dane Cook. It was Dane Cook. So everything I said. That was a, Mr. <laughs> Burks is a good film. But so I'm sorry. Dude, they look so much alike. I'm sorry. They, they kind of sound alike, too. They do. They're, they're, they're like the new Dermot Mulroney, uh, Dylan McDermott. If they ever did a movie together, I'd be like, oh, my God. I, I'm not going to be able to tell characters apart. Maybe they have. For some oh, reason, they have. For Waiting. some reason, yeah. Yeah, Waiting. I was like, they did do a movie together. Waiting. Uh, all right, okay, so... Sorry, back to this. So my problem wasn't with the performances in this movie. I had no problem with any of the performances. My problem was with the pacing and the writing. Wow. I thought the pacing was really well. I thought that this movie flew by. Yeah? Is it's it's I think it's like around 100, uh, an hour 50, uh-huh. right around the two-hour mark. Yeah. And I thought it flew by. Wow. I really enjoyed... The pacing is, I I really enjoyed the, you know the flashbacks and then tying them in to uh, into the present day story uh-huh. is is I I thought I thought it, I thought it was well paced I thought they kept the story going especially for you know this this was a lawsuit that went on for several years oh, and yeah. and I thought that they spaced out the time really well where like you know. So they like at one point they get in a fight and then Ryan Reynolds continues to, like she's uh, Helen Mirren's character says I'm I'm done with it you, let's just leave it alone but Ryan Reynolds keeps it going and you know you see a little montage of him doing research and then bam now it's nine months later and uh-huh. then you know more and then it keeps jumping forward I th- I thought that part was done really well see but it, my problem with the montage thing was that you never actually see him gaining knowledge. It's just a montage of Ryan Reynolds flipping through pages and putting a pencil in, well, his, in but, his mouth. But when you're doing research montage, that's, that's hard. But that No, but it's not. I mean, there are other movies that can do it. You know, you have to focus on a thing. You have to focus on a, on a bit, like what can he possibly do? What What's going on? Or, or see him, you know, really illustrate the frustration. Because I did love the, the loophole that they ended up finding so mm-hmm. they could sue them in the U.S. government. Like, that's that's great. But I, I felt like nothing was ever really earned in the course of, of this movie, at least from the writing standpoint. I mean, conflict was so flimsy. And what you need in a movie like this is you need the stakes to be higher for the people, for, for everyone. The Ryan Reynolds character, like, they straight up have a scene where he and his wife, played by Katie Holmes, like, they, and every scene they have together is fucking abysmal. Like, I cannot <laughs> stand it. They have this one scene where, um, where he's like, he, he had just quit his job because the law firm he was working with, which was run by Tywin Lannister, uh, they, they were like, no, we gave you a week to go and like entertain this, but no, we don't believe in this. There's nothing there. We're not going to do it. You either do this. There's no extracurriculars. You either do this or you, or you, uh, or you lose your job. And he ends up quitting. And so we cut to the next scene, and she's like, you quit your job? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my gosh, how could you do And he's just like, baby, I had, I had a revelation while I was there. This is just important to me. You have to just believe me. And she's just, okay. And like that's it. They resolved, They had the conflict and resolved it within the same two minutes. You cannot do that and have a compelling character. I wasn't invested in what was going on. And then they ended up having a scene later, which was what I was originally going to reference. They have a scene later where she's like, they're getting ready to go to Supreme Court. And she's like, baby, don't worry. You know what? If this doesn't work out, we're still going to be okay. 
And he's like, I know. Okay, wait, but you still need stakes. Like, we understand the stakes with the Helen Mirren character. But now, if we if we are going to go on this journey, they need to be equal partners. The Helen Mirren character and the Ryan Reynolds character kind of have to be equal partners because the modern day is about his struggle and him turning around because he is the only character in this movie that goes from being, he goes through an arc. He goes from being one way and then by the end, he's changed for the better. But we don't really see him earn that. We don't see him earn that understanding. We see him suffer a few things and be like, oh damn. But we don't really see the stakes high for him. We don't ever have a chance to really root for him for this to work out. We have all the reason in the world for the Helen Mirren character and that's why I think the movie was unbalanced. That it was more on her and not so much him. And if you're going to tell this story and you want it to just be based on her, then you need to start that movie in the fucking past and stay there for a while and then come to like a modern day thing. It's really tough. And I'm not saying that they did a shitty job of it, but it's really hard to balance a movie like this where you're telling important story elements in the past and in the present and trying to marry those two. Uh, And for me, it just didn't read. You see, I feel like... I, I do I do see what you're saying when um Ryan Reynolds and Katie Holmes were having, you know, their their fight is I feel like there there's probably some stuff on the cutting room floor uh-huh. that we didn't see because for time wise they were like this needs to be more of the story of of Helen Mirror's character than Ryan Reynolds' family uh family life. Because I looked at I I, I looked at th- his stuff as the as the subplot and i i was more intrigued with with her with uh with with the main storyline than than his home life that it didn't bother me that that we didn't have that mm-hmm. you know is is you know because also is i i mean yeah you're absolutely right they they could they could have fleshed it out more but I just feel like they didn't do it for time's sake, and I feel like they did it to to so they could focus more time on, on the main plot. And mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm having a real time, <laughs> a real hard time arguing your point because because I do see the flaw in it, and uh-huh. and I and I. But it's just like I just honestly you liked it, I and just there's don't no care. and there's no problem with that. I just don't care. Yeah, you know, is is because I was like, great fight situated. It's it's done. Great. Let's get back to this other story. <laughs> but there's no need to have it then. There's no need to have that scene. Yeah. If you're going to resolve it within the same two minutes, there's no reason to have it unless you're just trying to like <laughs> fill out the movie a little yeah, bit. I also felt like Katie Holmes was probably one of the weaker parts of this film. <laughs> there's, there's there's a joke we used to tell like after the first Batman movie, that first Chris Nolan Batman uh-huh. movie that Katie Holmes was in. And like when they announced Dark Knight and that she wouldn't be back and that they, they put uh what's her name? Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Uh, we, we we used to have this joke about like so they're at the rap party of Batman Begins and everyone's like, did you hear Chris got Heath Ledger to do the Joker? Oh, they're bringing the, they're gonna do the Joker story. Good man, that's really great. I'm so happy for you, man. That's gonna be great. Oh wait, wait here comes Katie. Hey Katie, hi guys. Man, it really sucks that we're not gonna come back for a second movie. Yeah, that really blows. That really sucks. We had such a good time, didn't we? We had a great time. Well, Christian, it was really fun. I'll see. You. All right, I'll see you later, Katie. And then like she walks off and like. So Heath Ledger's gonna do the Joker <laughs> thing. Uh, no, Katie Holmes, I don't know how the hell she got. I've seen her act in one movie where I was like, man, she was really fucking good in that. What was that? The Gift uh, by by Sam Raimi. Uh, the a movie by Sam Raimi. Um, I don't know if I saw that one. Kate Blanchett plays a psychic, and uh, <laughs> she she gets murdered. Uh, she gets murdered. Katie Holmes gets murdered fairly early on in the movie. 
So it was and good because so she wasn't in it a lot. It's good because she wasn't in a lot. J- j- just like Steven Seagal's best film is <laughs> was executive, executive decision. decision. Well done. Okay, so getting back to this. Now, the thing that really, like, I love courtroom movies, especially when they're done well. And so I go back to stuff like uh, A Time to Kill. You've got the, 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 the Matthew McConaughey character is actually invested. There's a reason he's invested in this. He's always been kind of a, a shystery lawyer, and now here he is doing like a, a true like a true case, and we start to see how it affects him and his family. That he's living in like racist Alabama, and we're seeing like the 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 repercussions because of this. And then we also go to let's talk about uh, to to kill a mockingbird, Atticus Finch. You know, he has decided to defend Tom Robinson, and we see a very similar situation with him there. And then in a few good men. You've got this whole thing about the the Jack Nicholson character. Did he or did he not order the code red? Well, we got to get to the bottom of this. We have to get the answers. But Tom Cruise's character is like told like if you ask him specifically if he ordered this code red, you could be held in contempt of court. You cannot accuse it. And so he goes through that whole like struggle of should I or shouldn't I? And then finally makes that sacrifice and goes, fuck it. I'm going to put it all on the line. And if it gets me in trouble, it gets me in trouble. But it's worth it to try to get the truth out. And I feel like I feel like maybe they tried to stick a little too much to the realism of how real life works. And they didn't they didn't give me a little well, more drama to get me invested in it. The other thing is, is. I didn't see this as a courtroom documentary or a courtroom uh, uh, drama. I I didn't see it as that. I I saw this more as a drama, a film about a journey of of getting in touch with your roots and getting – and getting uh and and getting in touch with the, with your culture and your heritage. Uh-huh. I didn't see this as a car, courtroom documentary because uh, I don't know why I keep saying because docu- it's D's. It starts with the D. <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't see that is mainly because the the courtroom scenes in this film are they're very few. I think there's only three. There's there's the one where they initially file the lawsuit and then they say okay we can go to trial then they hold it up in litigation and they, they go skip all the way all to that. supreme court so then they go to just su- to try to get a trial out of it right and, and so they, they showed they showed the process and they showed that like between those two those two courtroom appearances was 9 months uh-huh. and that's because they were trying to hold it up and then they have the final courtroom scene back in vienna so there's only three really three scenes where they're in a courtroom so i don't get how that's why I don't interpret this as a courtroom drama. There's only film. there's only two scenes in a courtroom in To Kill a Mockingbird. There's only but but the thing is it, it is it is a drama. I, I guess To Kill a Mockingbird I couldn't classify as a courtroom drama. But you have an amazing scene with Atticus Finch in the court. You know all these movies. Even you know even if I think about it, A Few Good Men. You only have like two scenes in a courtroom, but that's kind of where really? sh- where stuff gets done. That is where, you know, and that's kind of what happens in this movie. You can't deny that at the very end, everything, you know, sh- shit fucking goes down at the very end when he gives his speech at the um uh it's it's not a, it's not a court trial. It's uh, what is it? Mod- uh, mediation? Yeah, yeah, it's is, the Viennese uh, or, or Austrian mediation. Right, right. Is uh th- they're making their they're pleading their case to th- yes. three people to make Yeah, the they pick one, the other side picks, picks another one. and then there's one that's independent. Right. Uh and so he gives his impassioned speech. I th- 
I feel like it was missing something. I feel like the writing was missing. It was missing some depth. It was missing some heart. Uh, and I don't think it's on Ryan Reynolds' shoulders because I think I've seen him perform. I've seen him perform a two-hour-long, basically, monologue stuck in a fucking coffin, and I bought it. I cried at the end of it. This one, I just I just kept... It's like we came so close for me. I came so close to connecting with this movie, and then it missed, and then it missed, and then it missed. The time when I finally connected with this movie was the very end when Helen Mirren goes to her old home. And it's like a business now, and he she asks, like, can I look around? I know this home very well. And they let her, and she starts kind of flashing back. She's in the flashback and seeing all the faces. Yes. I call it, it's kind of a, a Titanic ending. Oh, yeah. No, no. That, that's exactly what I thought, too. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I thought, too. But I, I got to say is is that that is going back to what you're saying about his, about Ryan Reynolds' final courtroom appearance where he has his speech. The, my only argument with that is I felt like it is I, I see what you're saying because I my complaint was I felt like it was a little short uh-huh. is like they needed to draw it out and that's when they could have you know put in you know yeah. more more passion and all that um but yeah that that final scene for me the Titanic oh, scene dude I was trying not to cry again this film <laughs> of all the films we've seen this is the one that like I think that like I've had the hardest time holding back the tears. Yeah. I didn't cry. I want to point that no, out you did real good. quick. You did good. I want to point out that I'm a man. <laughs> you are a man. But this one Fucking was macho man. But this one was like a real hard struggle. Like, you know, th- I would say between Saint and Vincent and this one, those t- yeah. those two were the ones that that like, you know, were the biggest tearjerker. Yes. Um oh, so I didn't I don't know. I don't I, I don't know how I I think that's just basically my biggest gripe is for me, for my taste. I just felt like this movie kept trying to connect, and I couldn't. I just couldn't. But there are things that I appreciated about this movie. Touching back on what I said earlier about, like, they, they were kind of going a little more realistic with the way things work in, like, the mm-hmm. judicial system. Um, I love that when they go to court for the first time, it's a real fucking courtroom. Yeah. It's not like this converted church that like you usually see in in movies and TV that it's like this grand courtroom, and it's so big and ornate. No. It looks like a fucking, you know, uh, the the fluorescent lights up on the yeah. on the on the ceiling. No you know, windows. No windows. No paintings. Nothing exactly. on the wall. Exactly. Just depressed just because depressing. you're in court. Yes. And I was like, wow, I appreciate this. This is what a courtroom looks <laughs> yes. like. Yes. Uh, I can't speak to what the Supreme Court looks like. I don't know. But yeah. that that looks totally great. Um, I guess for the, the future daddy in me, I was watching that scene where Katie Holmes comes in the room and she's like, my water broke. And he's like, oh, my God. OK, baby, don't panic. Uh, No, I'm good. Just uh, you should wear this when you go to court. Tomorrow. I thought that was a great. I, thought, I liked it. I, I, I liked I, it. I, I think that scene was probably the best interaction that the two of them have. Uh-huh. G- going back to what I was saying earlier about her being the weakest part is I feel like. I feel like they had Katie Holmes for like two or three days uh-huh. to shoot all her scenes. And so and that scene I feel like was shot when she like was on like day two, like day two where she was like, OK, like, you know, I've done a little bit of shooting. I'm halfway through. I'm in the groove. She's in the groove. And yeah. then like the other parts, it was she was either like, I'm almost done with this. I'm ha- I'm checked out or like, I don't want to be here. You know, I'm getting to know everybody. We're yeah, not, we ex- don't quite ex- have chemistry. Exactly. Although I got to say the one scene where Ryan Reynolds is laying on the couch and he's holding the baby and she comes in and sits next to him on the couch. She's looking really good in that scene. She looked good. Yeah, no, she she, she looked all right. She um oh, no, she didn't look all right. She looked good. <laughs> oh my god. She looked good. Damn it. I Back totally to the Nazis. <laughs> I totally I, oh my god. I totally lost my train of thought. Where was I gonna go? I can't remember. Oh uh, uh so about you uh the water breaking scene. 
Um, no, oh no, no, we we basically touched on okay. the same thing there. Like we both liked that scene. I thought that was fine. Um, no, I I forgot. What, I totally had something in mind that I was gonna go with, and I can't remember now. God, that's so my fucking brain right now. Uh, no, you, you know what? This wasn't a horrible movie. Uh, I just felt like it, it. The writing let the performers down. I thought the direction was fine. It was, you know, it was, it was competent. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't outstanding. It wasn't something that was like, oh my god, the, the way that they direct, they directed this thing was fantastic. No, I mean, I think that it's it's a it's a safe bet kind of movie. You want to go see a, a film and. You know, it, it, it'll kill a couple of hours. It's pretty entertaining. It'll get you thinking about things. It kind of provokes some discussion. Uh, but it's a movie that you'll probably forget about in about three weeks. I think that's, <laughs> for me, I think that's pretty safe to say. No, is I I disagree. Is I, I, I thought this was a really good film. Yes, the uh, the writing probably was the, the weakest part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the performances were good. But... I, I I still I was really I was really enthralled with the story. I I really connect uh, you know connected and and got it and you know I just ate it up. I, yeah. I really liked it. This sp- film. It spoke to you. Is is this this was a really pleasant surprise for me? Is I didn't have much. I, I thought like we're doing this because we're under a time constraint. So <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's just it's this is more of because it starts at this time that we're seeing it, but. I I walked out of there and I was like I really enjoyed it. Uh-huh. it is I I thought it was I thought it was a really good film. Is this is one that you know if if you can catch it in the theaters okay if you can't rent it mm-hmm. you know is I definitely think it's like worth like a red box rental like, yeah you know or well, it's worth for you it's worth seeing yes just yes. At, at least make sure you see it yes uh, and you know what I I think that I could go a very like a lesser degree I could say like you're not going to go wrong seeing it. I think there's probably a few more movies that I'd be like, yeah, maybe check this one out first because I didn't connect so much with this mm-hmm. movie. But, um, you know, that's not to say that there was some bad work. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's got some really it's got some nice little highlights. Nice. little. Po- oh, this is what I was going to talk about. Uh, just an example of the, the really I can't tell if it's bad writing, bad editing or bad directing. Like I have a hard it's like it could fall under any of those. But when Ryan Reynolds is going back to Vienna to do the, the mediation, Helen Mirren's like, I can't go back. It was hard enough for me to go back once. I can't go back again. And he's like, no, you got me involved in this, which I loved. I loved that scene between the two of them where he just starts like, I didn't even believe in this bullshit until you fucking came along. Why the fuck did you put this in my lap? And now he's like this emotional wreck because he wasn't, the, he didn't care mm-hmm. about this to begin with. So he finally, he re- he's going to go to Vienna anyway and he's going to argue the case. And, uh, and as he's getting up to take the podium, she mm-hmm. shows up, and the guy that's helping them, played by the dude that's going to be Baron, uh, what's it, uh, Baron von Strucker? I, not von Strucker. Uh, he's going to be in the new Captain America movie though. He, uh, Brule. I can't remember his first name. Daniel. Daniel Brule. Uh, I'm glad you had the last name because I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know no, Daniel. <laughs> I know that one. He's, he's on MVP. He's like he helps them out, and uh, and uh, and so he gets up out of his chair so Helen Mirren can sit down, and like unprovoked unmotivated Helen Mirren like just tells the dude she's like the first time I came for me now I'm here for him and then she sits down and like my reaction like out loud to the theater was like uh okay (laughs) 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 yeah it's like I get why that line was delivered it, uh, but there could have been a motivation. Like the dude could have said to her, "Like I was, I thought you weren't." I was going about to, to say, "Is yeah, is is the line?" I understand why they put that line in there. 
how they executed that line. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Or they could have even saved it for afterwards. That, and, that, and, and Ryan Reynolds like, I thought you weren't. Yeah, going that, to make that's it. exactly what I would have. Like, as soon as he's done, he gets down and walks up and I, I didn't expect you to be here. And then, yeah, you know, and the first time I came for me, this time I've come for you. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that. Mm. I, I, <laughs> yeah. It as, was, as soon as he started going, that was like, oh yeah, it I was, remember. It was a little scene. sloppy, and that that's the 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 highlight of like kind of the huh. Uh, but but other than that, I, I'm going to – I guess I'm going to kind of – I'm going to stand on like a little bit of a lower platform than you where you're like, you know, I love this. I, I recommend it at least. And I'm going to say like it, it's it, it's harmless. If you watch it, it's harmless. There's actually a, a pretty touching story that's going on. For me, it felt like it was half of a story. Uh, but you can't you can't go wrong with this movie. You really can't. You know, it's mm. – it, again, it's filled with some really decent performances it just doesn't quite connect, as far as I'm concerned. Um, what are we going to do next week? Uh, <laughs> There's a big movie coming out. Yeah, or, I know. At this point, has already come out. Yeah, at the point, yeah. is, And that's what I was originally going to do. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, you know what? I'm going, because I, th- I think it's my turn. It is, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've gotten so mixed up on what what it is we're doing. Uh, well, because we also, have, we, when we get films like Furious 7 and... And, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, we kind of have to. Yeah. And like and so I don't know if um, if if Avengers is one we have to, because I feel like we could do like a super crossover episode between Afternoon Delight, uh, um, the editing bay and my comic life. <laughs> right. I feel like because really, hopefully they don't make a game because then we'll have to bring in Jay and John, too. Yes. <laughs> I think there is a game. There's an app game. <laughs> But like I, I, I so I, I don't know. So you know what? Uh, just just tune in next yeah, week. We'll find out next yeah, week. Subscribe to the Editing Bay channel, and then you'll know what we do each week because you'll get it each week. That's right. And you know what? I want to do this here first, and I'll, I'll be doing it on the Editing Bay podcast. Um, you know, I know I say on the Editing Bay, hey, you know, if you get us through iTunes, make sure you subscribe or, or make sure you give us a review. It's been brought to my attention that it's not the easiest thing in the world to find out where to do the reviews. So I guess I'll walk you through it a little bit. If you have us on the podcasting app, you can't do it straight from my podcast, which is like really frustrating and very confusing. You have to actually go to the search function, put in like the name of the podcast, let's say the editing bay, or even better, just put in Next Wave Radio because that brings up all of our podcasts. And then go ahead and pick one of the podcasts, like just click on it, and there will be three little sections underneath. One of them in the middle will be review. Click on review, scroll down to the bottom, and then it will say leave a review. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. iTunes, what's going on, <laughs> I know, guys? right? It's so It's so really complex. So again, in your podcasting app, go to search Look up Next Wave Radio, Next Wave Space Radio. That'll bring up all of our shows. Pick on a show and uh, and go to the review section. Scroll down, hit review, and then give us the five-star rating. Give us a review, and uh, and we really appreciate that. You have anything else that you'd like to uh, add? Yeah, if uh, you're telling a friend and they claim they don't have an iOS device, uh, tell them, all right, no problem. You can look us up on Podcast Republic and Podcast Attic. Uh, once again, uh, just search Next Wave uh, Space Radio. And uh, that will bring up all the shows. There is no podcast revolution. Yes. <laughs> no. I don't, I don't know where I got that from. Yeah, Republic revolution. Because <laughs> normally revolution overthrows. You form the new republic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's it. We'll see you guys next week. This is Afternoon Delight. Afternoon Delight. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.